Welcome to Cracking One Open. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. And as usual, I have no friggin' idea what we're drinking this week because it's now kept hidden from me. Eh, I wouldn't say it's hidden. You just choose not to peek. This is true. I'm being a very good boy because when it comes to Christmas presents, that is not how I roll. Uh Uh-uh. I have to hide (laughs) that shit. Uh, So I don't know what we're drinking. (laughs) You said I might have gotten a peek at the can. You might be right, but that we might have been last week's can. Like, yeah, you were like looking for something else, but it was right there up front. So I wasn't sure if you saw it or not. No, I don't remember. I All saw right. a can at one point, but I don't know if it was last week's or this week's. <laughs> well, this week we are cracking open Radiant Haze, an IPA from Toppling Goliath Brewing Company located in Decorah, Iowa. Ooh, <laughs> I don't think we've ever had anything from Iowa. I don't. Yeah, not not in my recollection. Definitely not for the podcast. I like it. So Clark and Barbara Louie founded Toppling Goliath in 2009 after a, quote, runaway success in home brewing, end quote. In less than a decade, the brewery would become world renowned for IPAs and barrel aged stouts. They distribute in 30 states and create more than 40 beers that rotate throughout the year. Named 2021 U.S. Beer Open Grand National Champions, Toppling Goliath has been recognized for the quality of its beer by countless festivals and craft beer organizations and has been named the number two brewery in the world by Beer Advocate. Wow. Yeah. So, of course, I tried to, like, find this list to verify this information, but I'm not sure what year it was awarded. But I did find other lists of best beers that toppling goliath did rank very high on all of them and like all of the reviews that i read are like that this beer specifically is excellent so mm. all right (laughs) kind of Um, building me up for something i know so their barrel aged stout the kentucky brunch brand stout has held the title of number one beer in the world since 2015 what i also checked this out and this is also on beer advocate and it's true this is ranked number one on their 250 top rated beers. It has a hundred percent rating. Like um, seven years running. I, I guess. I guess 22 is not over. In fact, Toppling Goliath has four beers just in the top 10 of the top 250 beers. Was the person who writes this beer advocate article like, are they from Iowa? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, where's the, where's the bias here? <laughs> This is crazy, like that I've never heard of them. That you've never, I assume you've never heard of them either. Toppling Goliath does not ring a bell. Yeah. Although the name of that stout sounds familiar. Like we may have had it on tap somewhere and like not known. I don't know about what we had it, but I've heard of it. Or, or when it. we watched yeah. that, the one year we watched the Beer Awards at Two Roads, mm-hmm. they might have been nominated uh, for something. That's true. So that's maybe true. that's it. But the name definitely sounds familiar for that stout. Toppling mm-hmm. Goliath does not sound familiar. Okay. Um, so according to an article, which was also on Beer Advocate, but then this is not a list, Toppling Goliath's brewmaster, Mike Sabot, thinks of his beers as, quote, liquid translations of the hop. He wants you to be swept up in a wave of Lapulin with the first sip of Tsunami Pale Ale. A pint of Gold Nugget IPA should have you swimming in the citrus and evergreen aromas of nugget hops. And at the end of each glass, uh, it should leave you pondering the lingering nuances of stone fruit, mango, and pine. This is kind of the Willy Wonka of beer. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm just reading what was online, man. Come with me. I'm just the and messenger. And you'll be in a state of pure inebriation. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that was such a good episode. Uh, quote, the focus on hops at Toppling Goliath has been there from the beginning. Thanks to generous friends in California, Sabo was exposed to the hoppy beers made by Pizza Port, Russian River, and Alpine Beer Company. None of which I've heard of. Pizza Port. No, uh, we've heard of Alpine Beer Company. Alpine. Okay. Um, he became fascinated by the variety and intensity of flavor that came from this one ingredient. When frequent traders became too expensive, he started homebrewing, bringing these juicy West Coast flavors home to the Midwest. It comes from our own tastes, adds Louie, who first met Sabo in late 2009 when his current brewmaster dropped by the still new tap room and tried the assertive Biter IPA. Quote, Mike loves hoppy beers. I love hoppy beers. Mike my, does love hoppy beers. <laughs> <laughs> my wife loves hoppy beers. End quote. As homebrewers, they tried to wring as much character as possible out of these hops. They say a brewery brews for its customers, which we do. But we started out brewing what we really liked to see if our customers would also fall into that. But at the time, Iowa was not known for its boundary pushing brews. Quote, you could not buy an IPA on tap in the four county area, says Louie. That was in 2009. Uh, tiny, tiny little Decorah, Iowa is nestled among the rolling hills of northeastern Iowa's driftless region. It's a rural area of small farms and small towns. Decorah itself only has 8,500 residents, 2,000 of which are students at the Luther College. You know what I know about Iowa? I know about one person who's from Iowa. Do you know who that person is? Captain James T. Kirk. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my knowledge of Iowa. <laughs> so, uh, yes, really, this, this should have been a recipe for disaster. But instead, Louis and Sabo saw a challenge. Maybe the people wanted more hoppy craft beer and they just couldn't find it. And this seems like they certainly rose to the occasion. Ooh. So let's talk about Radiant Haze. Or did Top they hop to the occasion? Uh, I see what you did there. Sorry. <laughs> Toppling Goliath says, mellow out as you bask in the radiant haze of Amarillo, Citra, Mosaic, and Sabro hops. Open your third eye and follow this hazy IPA on a tropical trip with notes of orange and mango. End quote. So we've got Amarillo hops, which have distinct flowery, spicy, and tropical notes. They're often considered dual purpose for both bittering and aroma, but they're often used for dry hopping to augment the kind of lemony, orangey, citrusy character in that brew. Mm -hmm. They -hmm. were discovered by accident. There was no purposeful breeding intended for them, but they were found growing alongside Liberty Hops at Gamash Farms in Washington in 1990. And they looked a little bit different than the other ones. Um, just in color, size, and the way that they grow. So the farmers knew that it was different from Liberty Hops. They named it Amarillo because of its slightly more yellow color. And Amarillo is obviously Spanish for yellow. Gamash Farms owns all the rights to this variety and is the exclusive grower of Amarillo. So they're not easy to come by unless you're a big commercial brewer um, because they get first dibs. That's lame. Yeah. <laughs> Then we've got citra hops, which have an ideal mix of high alpha acids and low cohumulone, which makes it good for bittering. Um, but it's also excellent as an aroma or flavor addition at any stage from pre to post boil. 
This is in large part due to their high myrcene content, which is one of the major hop oils, and it's heavily associated with citrus, but it can also be found in mango, lemongrass, verbena, and grapefruit. What's verbena? Uh, I think we went over this at some point. It was, it's lemony. Your mom like specifically messaged me about this after the last episode where we were like, what's verbena? <laughs> That was a couple of months ago, though, so I honestly don't remember. All right. I'll, uh, I'll, Sorry. I'll move. We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> Citric can also lend delicate and desired aromatics, including gooseberry, lychee, mango, melon, grapefruit, orange rind, and passion fruit. And then we've got mosaic hops, a.k.a. Citra on steroids, and they are the daughter of Simcoe and Nugget. Mosaic was released in 2012 and can be used for bittering, flavor, and aroma. It has high alpha acids but low cohumulone, making them pleasantly hoppy with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, and giving them aromas of tropical and stone fruits. And then finally, we've got one of my seemingly like underutilized favorite hops, Sabro. You do like your Sabro hops? Mm-hmm. Also known as HBC. 438. Sabro was developed by the Hops Breeding Company and released in 2018. Sabro is a very unique hop that imparts a strong and complex fruit flavor, including distinct tangerine, coconut, and stone fruit. There's also a pronounced creamy character with secondary flavors of vanilla, cedar, and mint. And Sabro can be used in wheat ales, golden ales, American-style lagers, pale ales, India pale ales, India Pale Lagers, Session IPAs, New England IPAs, and Imperial IPAs. So basically PAs. Yeah. You can put it in. You can put PAs. it in anything. So like, why don't we see it in more stuff? Maybe it's hard to buy. Maybe it's expensive. Maybe. You don't know Sabro. <laughs> you don't know Sabro. Mm-mm. Let's do this. So I'm pretty excited for this because of all the, the hype online. Yeah. You ready? But we it be overhyped? We'll see. My dog definitely wants some. Oh, yeah, she does. She at least wants that condensation on the side. Daddy, let me lick the side of the can. It's so cold. <laughs> it's like licking a metal popsicle. Ew. Okay. Oh, I always, I always wonder if we should have rolled it. Probably. It didn't say anything about there being uh, sediment, like specifically. So hopefully we're good. Definitely hazy. Very hazy. Yep. I don't know if it's radiant. Doesn't really glow. Um, I feel like if we were outside, I mean, our apartment isn't particularly bright, but it's, it, yeah, it's not like a golden or like a light yellow. It's like a golden wheat color, I guess. Yeah. A little bit more carbonated than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Or at least it seems to be. Mm-hmm. Small head on top, but it's a very foamy head. I get a lot of that Sabro off the top, yeah. like creamy. Very creamy smelling vanilla. Coconut and like orange, like citrus. I guess I get a little citrus and some pineapple there. I really want to dive in. Cheers. Go for it. Cheers. That was weak. That was weak because I hit your fingers. Mm. Oh, that's really nice. The carbonation is interesting. It's It feels like it's big bubbles, but it has that kind of like... The way it pops on your tongue feels like small bubbles. That might be the weirdest description of the beer. Feels like it's big bubbles, but it's, it really is. It's small a very bubbles. interesting mouthfeel, but you're right. That like the creaminess is like right up front. 
on the initial sip and then it gets kind of like mellow and citrusy. That coke, that's like sweet coconut kind of rounds everything out. I think I'm getting the mint big time. Oh. Right after the, right after the initial cream, I think I'm getting big time mint vibes. I'm not the minty part of mint, not the. Like the herbal? The candy cane part of mint. Yeah, the herbal part of mint. That How that hits you. Okay. Hold on. Let me take another sip. <laughs> it's after the cream, but it's like right after that creaminess comes in. I mean, it's definitely vegetal. I don't know if I would identify it specifically as mint, but I also haven't chewed as many mint leaves as you have. Did you know when you say <laughs> vegetal, it kind of just sounds like you mispronounced vegetable? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just, I'm really getting that kind of like mint in its natural form. Well, not even from me eating mint leaves, although I have eaten a lot of mint leaves. Uh, just like. <laughs> in my day. <laughs> just like when you get, I don't know, some of the mint candies or, or like the super fresh mint candies. Like you also get that kind of very vegetal mint, that very herbal mint. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. My, my, my brain just kind of wants to shape it like a. A mint leaf. No, the flavor, if it had a shape, is like a, a, a an expanded, like an opened U, like a little quarter sunrise, like just, it's got a little like, little hover on it, but not quite, but it's like also like sideways. This is vertical. so interesting to watch you illustrate it's your like, idea. That's, it's, <laughs> I'm illustrating my idea in audio form, like no one can see what <laughs> yeah, I'm doing no with my hand. Yeah, no one can see the hand, the it's, hand movements that you're making, but it's very... Uh, it's like if you stretch out, the, I suppose, the part of the D, the cap, like if you make a capital D and you get the straight line part where mm-hmm. it connects to it, mm-hmm. but like you really stretch it out. So there's like the U part of that D is like really stretched and open. That's that's kind of that's how I'm describing how this flavor is hitting me. Okay. And it's this mint like. <laughs> so if it was a sound, it would be a. All right. You heard it here first, folks. Listen, man, I don't know. Sometimes you think of the flavor as a shape and how it affects your tongue. I suppose. This one hits me like a, like a little like open you kind of like. Oh, but yeah, I can't say definitely. I disagree. <laughs> but I think that's good. Like it's like rolls like it's smooth because it's got like a U shape almost, mm-hmm. but it's open. So it's like because the cream goes in and out fast. It does. Yeah. It's not like other creamy beers, like a lot of the two, the Tribus beers that have that vanilla. Yeah, the cream, cream doesn't linger like it does with them, or even other hazies. Yeah, it's it's, it's in and out that cream. You're and kind of you're kind of left with a little bit of like citrus and dank. Pepsi, are we describing dank as just being the vegetal stuff? No, I, I kind of get hoppiness at the end, a little bitter. Oh yeah, okay. If that's I don't know if it's dank happiness, but yeah. Mm. Or what I would describe as dank no, that, happiness. That's fair. That's fair. Happy and bitter at the end. Not in a way that like dries out your tongue or whatever. No. And it's not all that heavy for a very hazy IPA. It is very hazy and you're right. It It's not settling heavy. It's very nice. This is a good beer, by the way. Yeah, this is really good. <laughs> I was really focused on the, the minty angle of it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm like trying to just appreciate it for what it is. I feel like this is something I would have at the brewery all the time. Like this would be a must have whenever I go to the brewery. I don't know if this would be my go to for like food. It's very complex. And I feel like food is going to take away from it and it's going to get lost, lost in some depending foods. by the food. Yeah. 
No, I agree with that. I think that it's like, I it feel is like complex, this is more... I think that's a lot of hazies though. I don't think yeah. a lot of hazies really go with food. Like yeah. maybe like something light, like a cloud sourced from mm-hmm. two roads. Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't know if I'd have it with food. Yeah. This is something to be appreciated by itself or with a, like a chips or something, something just like a bar, yeah, just like a bar food, with, a picky bar food. Yeah. Something a little salty that doesn't have a ton of taste to it. Mm-hmm. Like a Cape Cod potato chip almost, like the fresh baked. Yeah, or pretzels or peanuts. Uh, I don't know about peanuts. Well, I'm just saying like typical bar, like what they would give you in a bowl kind of thing. Because peanuts kind of give you like that sensation of like sweetness, pilsners yeah. and some lagers and stuff. Oh, <clears throat> actually, now that you mentioned that, I'm a little not that it's very sanitary to have bowls of peanuts out unless you're serving them to a specific customer and it's a very tiny bowl. Yeah, gone are those days. Gone are those days. Bowls. Yeah. <laughs> But now I'm a little disappointed that I've never had like a little bowl of peanuts with a nice Pilsner. I'm sorry, sorry, I'm going off on a tangent. You're about 20 years too late. Yeah. Although I think I have been to one place that had it. Do you recall where? I was yeah, probably too young to drink even. Oh. It was probably that long ago. But I, I think I remember seeing them like on a bar once. <laughs> <clears throat> or I could just be remembering a movie that I saw. Uh, that's, I feel, the more likely scenario. But you can have this. It's got such an interesting backbone. And if if you just go straight to the swallow and don't kind of roll it over your tongue. Some of it gets lost. I feel like it does get lost a lot. But I feel like what you get is a blast of citrus. Yes. Which as I roll it over my tongue to like really taste the drink as I'm sipping it down. Mm -hmm. I don't get as much citrus. I get a lot of that cream and then a lot of that kind of vegetal herbal. I don't want to say vegetal because there are other like more rooty beers we've had. That herbal kind of mint thing. Mm-hmm. But when I just took a quick sip right there, it was like a shot of citrus to the back of my mouth. Yeah. So you, this is like a, it's almost a must slow sip to fully appreciate all the flavors. Yeah. The flavors come and go so fast. Yeah. It, there, there really is like an evolution. It's such a quick evolution though. Yeah. Like that, that's why I'm, I would be further down in my beer right now, but I'm trying to like pick apart every sip. And I don't know if that's ruining my experience or not. At some point, I think it might. Yeah. I don't think we've ever spent this much time just like quietly sipping. I think because we spent so much time focusing on that herbal roundness, we want to find something else. Well, now that it's been in my glass for a while. Yeah, it's kind of like coming down to room temperature ish. Mm. Not room temperature, but it's still cold. But yeah, warming up from like right out of the fridge. The mint is kind of rounding out with everything. So everything's kind of coming together. But I don't know if I can really, even the cream is dissipating a little bit. Like the heavier cream aspect of the beginning of the sip mm-hmm. is also going away. So I can't tell you if I actually have a distinct flavor anymore when I drink it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything in this blends together so nicely. It, it's very cohesive. Yes. I'm like, I'm almost struggling to find the citrus. And I'm, I was trying to figure out whether it was like orange or tangerine or and I'm trying to look for the stone fruit which is supposed to be present according to all the hops like there's supposed to be a lot of mango and yeah the mango is like listed on the can which I'll get to in a second but don't don't get really get much mango maybe what I think is a a slight bit of pineapple is actually mango but it's a lot of the cream a lot of the coconut and a lot of the mint Mm -hmm. I don't know if I get a lot of any of the other parts this is a really nice beer. It is. I can see why it is award winning. 
Empty Mug Club. Yeah, I'm on my way there. I would like to try a lot more from them. Yeah. This is... Well, I, is they sell I think, in 30 states. I think this is one that I found at the Hartford location. Well, fun fact, Hartford is further from Iowa than... <laughs> And where we are in the southern Connecticut, slightly by a few miles. Slightly. <laughs> when when looking at I the mean, whole of the country, it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's why it shouldn't be hard to find something like that around here then. It definitely isn't just because Hartford. Yeah, no, but I'm wondering, I can't remember if I saw anything else from them at the same place. Well, like I know it's summertime and it's not really stout season. Um also I don't I don't care what you say. Um stout people. It's it's, it's not, not stout always season. stout season. <laughs> But now reading all of that about the Kentucky bourbon. Now, now I want to try that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it's going to be heavy and I'm not going to enjoy it as much. But the way they described it makes me think that it would be really, really good poured out on pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess the way they describe it. Yeah. We're going to try. I mean, some stouts are okay in the summertime. Like when we were reviewing the universal beers and mm-hmm. that uh, Diagon oh. Alley has the stout, right? Yep, yeah. Yep. It's a good stout and it was more refreshing than most stouts, but it was still a stout in 98 degree weather. Yeah. And we did have to find some shade to be able to finish it. it. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't, I don't like stouts in the summer. It's not right. It's not always stout season. So the can. I mean, to be fair, I always have dessert stomach. That is also true. That's what stouts are for, I guess. The can is pretty cool. It is a wraparound label on a tall boy can because everything's a tall boy nowadays. Yep. God forbid you have a 12 ounce uh, sippable beer. It's uh, it's got an interesting. Oh, it's just the name of the brewery. The brewery name is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just got a, an orange band, like a really weird, like red orange band across the top of it. It says Toppling Goliath Brewing Co. in really unobtrusive, just like aerial font. Yep. Like white aerial font. It's not aerial, but it's definitely just like a a plain plain. Font, yeah, aerial. When I say aerial, I don't mean it's necessarily aerial font. It's just like that's my overall description for it. it's plain. I know, but there's a word for it, and I there's like there's serif, there's sans serif, there's like there's well, different categories. Well, yeah, aerial is a type of yeah serif or but sans it's also like font. a default yeah Microsoft yeah. Um, so they definitely didn't go far on their Microsoft font still because definitely not, they didn't type this in wingdings if that's what you want. Oh, that's what I want. I want a can typed entirely in wingdings. Oh my god. And like you have to try to Where get, you have to hover you have to your get phone your, over it. Hi yeah, to decipher. Oh, can this phone decipher wingdings? Maybe. I mean Google Translate Where you gotta do does it everything else on like Microsoft Word and try to create a Rosetta Stone to decipher everything. <laughs> That might be fun, actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> Create one that looks like an old Indiana Jones kind of like thing, like tablet, and you've got to decipher it yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can, maybe you win a little something. Congratulations. You deciphered our wingding message. You've won one free round or one free tour of our beer. Bring a translated note of what this message is. That'd be fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is just regular font. But that's I think that pops out at me because the rest of the can is so weird mm-hmm. a in the middle like kind of t- cutting off the b and the r and brewing uh is the top and goliath brewing company logo which is david and goliath yep it's a black uh little round 
badge with red smoke kind of filling the center, which is really interesting. Really cool. Yeah, but they're like it's on either side, and in the middle there's a little barrel. This is, I like this. Yeah. I didn't pay attention to it when I was picking like it up. Old looking wood barrel with TG on it for Toppling Goliath, and the David's obviously on the left side, and he's got his sling, and then the Goliath is on the right, looking all big and strong. It's it's pretty cool. I like the red smoke kind of separating them the two. I think that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. But it's the can that really grabs your attention. It's holographic. And I mean like holographic like a shiny Pokemon card or holographic oh, like yeah, my baby. Death, like my Death of Superman or my Superman Returns from the Death of Superman comics where uh you got that shiny holographic version and it was like $4 or $2 more but it was shiny and you were like, "Oh, I got the best comic ever." That's what this kind of holographic looks like. It's green with lighter green lightning bolts coming out. And then you've got this border of these hops and psychedelic moons and different color stripes. And in the center, there's a portrait of a hand holding a can with sunbeams behind it with light blue. And this holographic glass of beer is sweating with silver beads with some foam pouring out. And what's coming out of the center of that glass but an eye like an all-seeing eye the third eye yeah like a third eye so it's definitely it's definitely trippy which i love the font for radiant haze definitely leads into that trippy it's that kind of 1960s kind of uh hippie font but it's also like cut off so it's like a square version of it instead of a super bubbly version of it and it's radiant haze and it kind of comes down and up in a U. India Pale Ale and more like night in like that's definitely that 70s show type font with Amarillo, Citra, Mosaic, and Sabro hops. And what I also like is as they do Amarillo, Citrus, Mosaic, and Sabro hops, mm-hmm. they have the copyright logo next to all those hops. Yeah. Most beer cans don't actually put the trademark next they to them. They don't, no. On the far left of the can, we get a little box that tells us. Mellow out as you bask in the radiant haze of Amarillo, Citra, Mosaic, and Sabra hops. Open your third eye and follow this hazy IPA on a tropical trip with notes of orange and mango. And this is what Elise read earlier. But again, we didn't really get much mango. Yeah. Like I said, I got a little bit of what I thought was pineapple, which could have been mango. Mm-hmm. But I did get that orange when I sipped it fast. And there is a little bit of a citrus and that citrus is kind of more orange than it is lemon or lime. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Dan says... Unfiltered beer sediment is normal, but oh, we did yes. not get sediment in this beer. No, not really. I mean, I I did see a, a little bit of thickness when I poured out like the tiniest bit that didn't originally fit in the pour mm-hmm. of the glass initially. Oh, I had to peel back my label to see that you didn't have to. See. Oh, I don't have the big label. You do. Oh, you got the I, big label. I felt can like of I was cheating, pack. like I was getting some new information. <laughs> but nope. yeah. Apparently there was sediment, but definitely not noticeable at all. Yeah, no. I mean, I thought I saw a little shadow on the bottom of the haze, but the haze kind of covered it up. And also you didn't get that extra, like, thicker texture at the bottom. Like, Mm. sometimes you do with the unfiltered stuff. Nothing floaty. So it's unfiltered, but it's not. I feel like when you have that, it's like almost purposely unfiltered. Yeah. Like, here you go. And it's like, nobody wants that. No one was asking for the chunkage in the bottom. (laughs) Like a little bit is whatever. If it's like, that's what you make. And you you really think that affects the flavor, Mm -hmm. but nobody wants it. And you can say you can't taste it, 
or feel it, but you can absolutely feel the chunkage when it's as thick as some breweries leave it. Yeah. It depends on the beer and the, and the brew, but yeah. Like I used to believe that a long time ago, like a couple of years ago, I was like, all right, they say I can't taste it. Sure. But I'm like, no, I can definitely feel that. I can feel the chunkage going down my mouth and my throat. <laughs> it's gross. And then it says brewed in beautiful Decorah, Iowa with little star in the top right corner of Iowa. Is that true? Is the top north corner of Iowa where Decorah is or are they just putting a star there? I hope there? so. I believe that's true. I also I don't, don't know see that. That's Iowa. all covered up by the barcode on my uh, can. If you wanted me to draw Iowa on a map, I oh, definitely okay. could not draw you yeah. Iowa on a map. I would assume. Yeah. If, if they put it in such a specific place, I would assume that's, that's, where that's where it actually is. Yeah. Apparently that's what Iowa looks like. I can point out Iowa, sure. like the roundabout area Iowa is on the country yeah. map, but I could not draw you Iowa if my life depended on Mm-mm. it. So yeah, that's it. That's what Iowa looks like. <laughs> Captain Kirk's home state. That's all I know about it. And it's also where Radiant Haze by Toppling Goliath is from. This might be a top beer for me as well. This is really freaking good. This might be one of my favorite hazies of all time. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be cloud sourced because cloud sourced is highly crushable and also hazy. That's also uh, true. And that makes it very but unique. Yeah, cloud source is way up there as well for both of us, but especially for you. I don't know if this is crushable, but this might be better. Okay. I can see that. Because this might be one of the best hazies. I'm not a huge, like, I don't go this like. This is an excellent hazy. Gaga over hazies like a lot of other people do, but I like hazies. This might be the best hazy I think I might have ever had. This is definitely up there. Yeah. And how quickly I finished I, it. I can see like why it's so highly rated. Yeah. I couldn't have a bunch of these. Like you said, this would be a one and done. Although I'm glad we have more of these in the fridge. Mm-hmm. I'm on the fence because I do agree that this is like a brewery beer, but I think this is so good. I would have this out of the brewery as well. Just not like something that we would keep, like, not like an all the time kind of beer, like something that we would keep in the fridge Every all the time. once in a while. Yeah. Like, yeah. ooh, let's, let's take it oh, out. Oh yeah. I could go for one of those. That's why yeah. we'd have it in the special upstairs fridge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what the upstairs fridge is for. But yeah, this is more of a, every like brewery beer or, or your one special beer during your drinking session kind of a thing. But it's good. It's really interesting. I dig the mint. There's so many times we have these flavors and I was actually going to bring it up while you were describing stuff, yeah. but you were on a roll. Like when you said mint, I was going to be like, yeah, but we never get the mint. Yep. That's one of the, yeah. That, and we've talked about that before. It's very difficult to pull out the mint. Yeah. We were talking about that with another one where they go lychee berry and we're like, we never almost get the lychee. And then we did and one we time. Did. And then there's, there's another one as well, which when we get to it, maybe I'll point it out again. Where it's like, yeah, but we never, ever get that mm-hmm. flavor. And I think it's really cool when you get those flavors, those like off flavors that aren't the main flavors of the hop, mm-hmm. but they describe. And I think that mint really pops in this. And I think that's really, really cool and really interesting. It is. It's unique. Yeah. We've had it. We have had mint a couple times, but I never, I don't think we've ever had it as cohesive as in this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Radiant Haze. It's delicious. Try it. We're both already done. We've been talking about it and we just don't have any more beer left. It's, yeah. I'm ready for another beer. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> All right. Send us off. All baby. Right.
Well, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackinwhenopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackinwhenopen or shoot us an email at crackinwhenopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. We do indeed. We do. Especially if we're going to get more crazy beer from like new states like Iowa, which yeah. we haven't had yet. Uh, that's awesome. What else you got to plug? Well, I've got uh, my podcast, Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular film was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience. In its initial run, we discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own forgotten gem. We're available at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com because we are all part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. While you're there, check out all the other great podcasts and video series we have there. Uh, I've also got Two Player Bros, which right now has stopped, but it's going to come back soon. So check out all the old episodes of that before you get ready for the new episodes in the YouTube series that's coming. Uh, I've also got audiobooks. Check out those audiobooks. I do audiobooks. They're hey, on do you Audible. do audiobooks? I do audiobooks. Uh, look up Michael Butler. You can see, I mean, listen to the samples. You'll hear my name. There's a couple of Michael Butlers. Uh, and you'll see it's mostly horror books, but I'm sure there's a book for you. Check them out. I don't make money on them unless you buy them. I don't write them. I just narrate them. And uh, yeah, that's what I got. Well, if that's all you got, then that's all I got. So a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. (gasps) Cheers. Cheers. (sniffs) Nice. Clunkle.